All right, everyone. Welcome back to the V8 Splash Brothers podcast. Another episode here in, uh, I guess it's in early November. Um, we've we've missed a few weeks here since since the early NFL and early college football, but we're happy to have Eric Chilson joining us again on the line. How is it going out there in the world? I mean, we talked in our pre-segment. We've talked about. Um, <laughs> We've talked I was trying about, to sound as like gloomy as possible because the Brewers lost in the NLCS Game Seven. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that first instead of going into the Weevil Underwood tangent again. Yeah, we have not. We'll 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 circle back though. Yeah. So NLCS, Brewers lost to the Dodgers, who then lost to the Red Sox. Yeah, let's break down the postseason. I want to talk a little bit about the Red Sox too, in like a sense of how did they actually like. I get that they won 108 games. I didn't really understand it because, like, most of their pitching was terrible. Um, but, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the Brewers-Dodgers first. What's it feel like actually, to, for bitter disappointment? Yeah, like, so this is the first time the Brewers have actually been good in my lifetime. Mm. Like, 2011, they had no pitching. Like, they were winning and losing games, like, 10-8, to 8, and that just will catch up to you. That caught up to them with the, the Cardinals, who actually had good pitching. Yeah. And then I think, oh, wait, they just ran. I think they played the Phillies who won all the first round. So this is the first time, like, they actually had a good team. And I thought they were better than the Dodgers. It's just a lot of the breaks didn't go their way. That's that's about it. It sucks. Like, I don't know how to act or, like, feel because this is, like, completely new to me. Yeah. Um, but it definitely does suck knowing you're the better team and then losing, especially when you have, like, one-year windows like the Brewers do. Yeah. The quick segue is how did the Red Sox then win? Because I felt like – the the stereo not even the stereotype but like we Chris Sale was like injured and sick and not even sure and David Price was giving up ten runs per game against uh, against the Yankees I guess yeah against the Yankees in the first round and then they don't even have like a third and fourth pitcher how how did the Red Sox even pull this off I think it's more the Dodgers choked because mm. like their OPS was in the six hundreds like they couldn't hit. They really didn't hit against the Brewers either, but the Brewers have good pitching. They just had, like, one bad inning, like, in three or four games, like, where one pitcher gave up, like, a three-run bomb, and then, like, that changed everything. Or Like, the Brewers really didn't have, like, Jeremy Jeffers had those two bad games. Oh, uh, he Sean was he was terrible. Yeah. So, there, Burns had that one bad inning. Like, other than that, they were fine. And then the Dodgers' bullpen shut down the Brewers, and then, I don't know if it was just overuse of the arms, but they just fell apart against the Red Sox. Like, Ryan Madsen was unhittable against the Brewers, and then he was throwing, like, 75-mile-hour meatballs to <laughs> Steve Pierce. So, who knows? Yeah. So, how was the uh, reaction around your house and throughout Milwaukee? What was the vibe like as the series was going on and then once it once it concluded in a negative manner? Yeah, so, first of all, I, I think I want to first start out with the Mar... They played the Marlins? No, they played the Tigers to finish out the year. Yeah. That final, so they finally tied the Cubs. Um, they were on like that 10-game winning streak. Yeah. That was more fun than the playoff games because like there was just this new energy, the underdog, and I've never seen a crowd more drunk in my life than that. I went to the Friday-Saturday games of that series. Like we knew we were going to beat the Tigers, and like we were putting all the pressure on the Cubs. So yeah. it's like when you know you're going to win – and you're like, you know, you're in the playoffs and you're just playing with house money. It was just an exciting feeling. And then everybody was just drunk, just like waiting for a Christian Yelich home run. So that was more fun than the playoffs. And then quick, the Rocky quick. series happened in a flash. <laughs> like they just whooped them so fast. Like, yeah. And then the Dodgers, it was, it was exciting. Um, but I, feel, I I thought the series was over after they blew game two mm. because they were dominant so much of game one and all of game two with Wade Miley pitching and then Jeffress came in and blew it. Yeah. It felt like they blew their chance. I knew it was still going to be close, but... Yeah, a, a quick a quick tangent into the top five. Um, you, you mentioned the number one drunkest crowd you'd ever seen was... Detroit, uh, Detroit, Milwaukee. Uh, do, how, who does that beat out for some of your other uh, top drunk crowds? Oh man, 
have to think about that. That, one, put, um, that, one, that one's on the spot. You don't have to answer that. Maybe you can think of that as it goes along. I'm trying to think what the drunkest crowds I've been at. I'm trying to think like sports because baseball is not a drunk sport at all. There are some venues when it's a little colder than others and it's baseball that it really becomes. There are some places that I've like, seen there's people. There's a lot of games at Miller Park where people are drinking and having fun. But that was just like every single person there was like drunk and yeah. having only a good time. That's like the experience. I'm trying to think of what I, I've ever seen that. Usually all my teams suck, so I don't <laughs> Usually it's just drunk and anger. Yeah. Drunk, usually it's like drunk and watching Joel Stave throw four interceptions. It's yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've felt that feeling before. <laughs> quick, yeah, quick shout out to Joel Stave. Is he still on a practice squad somewhere? Uh, no clue. I'll, I'll do a quick investigation. Um, I would like to think... Um, like any international, like important soccer game would be the drunkest crowd ever. Like a Poland, like Colombia World Cup game. That'd be good. I I wouldn't mind going to one of those. Joel Stave like Poland, is Mexico probably like would be like the drunkest crowd of all time. Yeah, Joel Joel is a unrestricted free agent right now. So um, damn, rest in peace. Yeah. So Nathan Peterman has a team. Um, not only does Nathan Peterman has a team, he's a, he's a starting quarterback, and since Derek Anderson, but Joel Stave is an unrestricted free agent. Speaking of Nathan Peterman, I'm in a two QB dynasty league, and somebody has to actually like play Nathan Peterman. I think that just sounds. I think he has like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jameis Winston, so he had to go and pick up Nathan Peterman. Yeah, is um, there a worse feeling? Um, <laughs> than starting Nathan Peterman, probably not. But we were my uh, my buddy and I uh, give a quick uh, quick shout out to Rob. We were throwing around fantasy football ideas because I think we I think we need to just like completely throw away some of the leagues that I'm in and just start from scratch in terms of rules and rosters and stuff like that. We'll also talk about college football in a minute. But we were thinking originally some people are like, what if you remove kickers and remove defense from the league? And I want to double down on that idea, like. Instead of removing the kickers and the defenses, what if you have what if you have to have two kickers and two defenses in today's NFL? Um, like you're a two QB league with like twelve teams, uh, two QB, two kicker, two defense. That would change the drafting strategy so drastically. And I don't even know who you hold, who you would hold for like defenses. You would just have to play like the Buccaneers defense versus the Patriots. There's nothing more um, infuriating than when your kicker. Get you like one point. So I am all in on just more kickers and defense because that just means more agony then. Like you're right, having to play the Bills defense or having to like play against somebody that has to play the Bills defense would bring so much joy just in all that little, you know, yeah, a little like, bit more to the game. Like let's say you're rolling into week six and also the strategy when drafting would be so hilarious because no one would be able to actually figure, like you'd have to stagger your defenses by weeks. Like, imagine you, you did a great job drafting, and you ended up with the Vikings D and the Jags D on, like, you paid a lot for both of them. And then they both have, like, a week eight buy or something like that. And so you don't even have a defense to pit, to play or something like that. And then one of your other defenses, the only defense you can pick up is, like, Tampa Bay going against the Saints. That that right there is, like, my dream fantasy football scenario. Is like, people who just, like, somewhat skipped over the details. Um, and then... Uh, I might have to get my dog in a minute as she barks away. But yeah, <laughs> um, people who somewhat skipped over the details and then just like are stuck. You lose the game because you forgot that you had to get another kicker. Just hilarious details like that. Yeah, I'm okay with that extra. I don't like it when you take it all the way and you have to start getting like individual defensive players. That's mm. too much for fantasy. Yeah. That's too much to actually have to think about and care about. But I'm all in on more kickers. Yeah, the the other thing I don't quite understand, or like with the individual defensive players, uh, the one thing that I could see becoming difficult would be like how you equate like a defensive end, a linebacker, and a cornerback stats, and like you like getting interceptions isn't even uh, even indicative of like how they're playing as well. So, um, yeah, so so like a, a great game for a cornerback would be like no passes completed against them. Somehow I'm seven and two in my dynasty league, and I went winless last year. I don't know how that's happening. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I can talk fantasy football right now because um, – so in one league, I think I have either the least amount of points or the second least amount of points. Um, and I have like – I'm like five and four. And in the other league, I'm four and five, and I have the second most amount of points, and I'm definitely going to miss the playoffs. So it's been how, – how did you turn it around? It seems like every week I'm getting trade offers or trade – or like uh, – trade recommendations from you i'm barely i'm winning by like i don't know i'm just like snaking it i guess because i really don't have that good of a team <laughs> i'm just getting lucky yeah is dynasty I'm in a full rebuild mode yeah it's gonna... old and shitty but i'm still somehow winning i don't know yeah is, Dyna- is dynasty as fun as it seems yeah because you pretty much control it's like you're the owner of the team yeah it's like playing. It's like Madden, but actually, you don't. Yeah, it's it's like Madden, but with actual points. Maybe I guess is the best way. Yeah, to think it's about. owning the team without having to actually play the pay the players. Yeah, the next discussion I feel like we have to think about, unless you want to talk fantasy more, is our. No, I'm done with. You you retired from fantasy. Yeah, I think I'm mentally retired from fantasy, if not physically retired yet. <laughs> Um, we had a conversation like a month ago about what team we would have to own. Have you thought any further about that and how we, like, if we win the lottery, what we would do for ownership purposes? Yeah, it would for sure be MLS because it's the cheapest league to buy into. Well, actually, um, (laughs) no, yeah, I think MLS would be pretty good too. I don't think there's any way we can even get enough money to have an NFL team. No way. And I don't know what city we would start NFL <laughs> stadium in. Like at least like soccer. Um, like it's pretty much like you can start a fan base. Like it's such a since it's not really that popular of a sport in the US, you could really start it in any city and then like just make it fun for the fans, kinda like what Atlanta did. Yeah. So do we Whereas have like to football you kinda would have to start in like a city that actually wants football. Do we have to start a team from scratch or do we have to like buy out what would be a triple A version of like a city's MLS team? You can do either or because there's uh, FC Cincinnati's joining next year and they are in they're like joining, the, they're joining the MLS. Version. What's up? They're joining the MLS. Yeah. FC Cincinnati. Yeah. And they're like in the like the minor leagues. But then Nashville's joining and they're just they're not a team. It's just they have a rich owner with his, their own rich stadium. I like that. I like I like FC Nashville. Do, do any of them have uh, – does FC Cincinnati or FC Nashville have uh, – do they have, like, any logos or team names yet? I think FC Cincinnati is just keeping all their – whatever they are. They're hmm. just keeping everything. I haven't seen anything for Nashville. And I know FC Cincinnati's already bought two players. And so what is – What's Austin going to do now that the crew sounds like they're not making the move? So, like, Austin's still getting a team. Um, It's the owner of the crew is just going to move to Austin, make his own stadium, and, like, be another franchise. And then he's going to sell the Columbus crew to whoever owns the Browns. Yeah, we – I think you're right. We have to get – it might almost be too late for us to be, like, in MLS. There might have to be a next up-and-coming sport. But the MLS has grown so insanely, and they're about to get so much money. Like, the MLS might be the most popular league in – like, it might – in, like, 35 years, leagues in the United States might be, like, NBA and then MLS and then NFL and maybe, maybe NHL from there. So you're saying we have to think even more ahead and find out what's going to be like the most important sport in 60 years? Yeah, because it's like think about or like what we yeah what we can buy into right now. Because it's like think about how quickly MLS has grown. There used to be like 10 teams. Uh, yeah, if we bought in, we'd have to be like the 28th, 29th, or 30th team. Yeah, and like a lot of the markets, I feel like are almost capped out. We would need like a billion dollars if we wanted to be successful in the MLS now. Yeah. Because I would, I would immediately want to start buying like the best players in the world. Oh yeah, same, absolutely. It wouldn't be like we want, uh, it, we we don't want, um, like a washed up European player. We we literally want to go over there and get like. Yeah, Minnesota's like Harry joined Kane. the league years ago, and they're still like rebuilding. I would not want that. No, there's no reason to rebuild in the MLS. We're just gonna go break the bank. We're gonna do like. 
We're going to do what like New York FC wanted to do, but times 100. Yeah, the only thing is the MLS has a salary cap. So you can only have, as of now, to try and make the league fair, you can only have three players like worth a salary more than three million. Hmm. And then so like, but then like you can have as many players as you want, like under three million. So we would just have to create like 20 players at like 2.5 million. And then have like three like of the best players. Yeah, we have to. What we have to do is also like start uh start like an apparel company in our free time. Like we have to or like get them sponsorships with Adidas, um, and then like shuffle them money that way so that their salary with the club is low, but that yeah, they're getting paid on the start side in a city or state that's not that doesn't have like <laughs> the best tax. <laughs> um, like if we don't settle in like California or Florida. Yeah, which. We'll probably be settling in. I think San Diego sounds about right. I'm pretty sure they just had a vote, though, if they want a new stadium because there's like a group trying to get a team in San Diego led by Landon Donovan. Yeah. I wonder if that went through. My guess is based off the San Diego Chargers no longer existing. I don't think they want a team. San Diego. San Diego really just wants to have a beach that's really nice, relatively low taxes, and like... Do you think they even like the Padres there? Yeah, not kind of. Yeah, when's the last time the Padres made the playoffs? How about that for a for a question? Probably when Trevor Hoffman was their closer. Yeah, it's been at yeah. it's been at least a decade, right? Yeah, like they love them there, but like they also only get like twenty thousand a game. Yeah, it's like uh, like a really fun thing to do, like twice a year. That. Oh, they lost the vote, so they are not getting a stadium. <clears throat> oh my gosh! Well, but, the, but Miami's went through, so that Miami team is going to happen, but not San Diego. Yeah, I think we, I think we're going to eliminate any potential ownership spots west of the or east of the Mississippi. Right? There's no, re- there's no reason to play in that type of humidity. It would have to be. I think I narrowed it down to three. It was, um, it was obviously Milwaukee. Las Vegas, and then um, we could do like another. Uh, well, Canada's starting a new league. So I we was. Couldn't do yeah, we was, couldn't do. Um, we couldn't do any of the can- Canadian cities. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's any reason to think can- Canadian, but Vancouver already has a team, Toronto has a team, and Montreal already has a team, and those are literally the only cities anyone cares about. I was going to say Edmonton, but. They probably don't care about soccer. Yeah, and those like October games. In Edmonton, that's already a little cold for my uh, for my personal preference. All right, so we got Vegas. Yeah, I know Phoenix is trying to get a team, so we probably wouldn't be able to do it there. That would be really rough in the summer. That would yeah. That, like, again, like if we did Phoenix or Vegas, we would have to build a stadium that had a roof. Yes, or acceptable roof. So that's like another two hundred fifty million. Mm. Do we also just buy another league while we're at it? What do you mean, like, like a competitive like a, league? Like a two-for-one. Like, one. like we have an MLS stadium, and then we just get a... Like we partner with the... If we partner with the NFL team that's going to Vegas. Do they even... I, think, I feel like they already have a stadium, like, already up and going to Vegas, like, in the next, like, two years. Because they're mm-hmm. definitely, like, going to be in Vegas in two years. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to investigate next time I'm in Vegas. Or we just move the Packers from Green Bay to Milwaukee. Do you work. think people would kill themselves if they like they just got rid of Lambo? If they just tore down Lambo, do you think? How many people do you think would kill themselves? Uh, we're, moving, we're moving Green Bay Packers to Milwaukee. Four fifths of Wisconsin, like eighty percent of Wisconsin. At least one hundred. It would make sense. It would make sense to have all of the teams in one city. One hundred percent of Green Bay would. Yes. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Green Bay. We've we've droned on about our ownership plans and lottery for the money that we don't even have long enough. Let's get into the NFL and let's start with the Packers. Why are they so bad? We well we'll we'll have to go through some of our like preseason picks, but we both thought the Packers were going to be good and win the division, and they suck. Right. Well, we th- we knew they were getting Rodgers back, so we knew like their offense would be good because they were terrible without him, and I thought their defense was going to be better. 
just because they've only drafted defense the last four drafts, and then they got Mo Wilkerson, who got hurt, I think, on like the first game and is out for the year. Yeah. Um, I just think that like they were forever doomed for like nine and seven with Mike McCarthy as coach. He's just one of those guys that like he'll always be a five hundred coach. There's nothing you can do about it. I think it just comes down to that. And Aaron Rodgers gives you a few wins every now and then more than five hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look this up and see what the Packers' record's been the last ten years. But are you on the uh, um, are are you on the ban- the camp that I think 95 percent of people are on? But like they're done with uh, they're done with Mike McCarthy. I've been trying to fire Mike McCarthy the year they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, because he Charles Woodson and Aaron Rodgers single handedly won him that Super Bowl that year. They were still giving up like boring like fifty points a game. So Mike, it was, Mc- not a pretty, it was not a pretty playoffs. They got lucky. I think they like somehow sneaked in. They played a, a Eagles team led by Mike Vick, so they went there. And then the Falcons always lose. They always choke. And then they somehow lucked into playing the Bears in the NFC Championship. And then they won a coin flip against the Steelers. So it, it was a really lucky Super Bowl win. The one win they do he does have. Yeah. Um, can somebody explain to me how the Packers went 15-1 and and then lost in 2011? Was that to the Giants at home? That was the Giants, yeah, their second Eli Super Bowl. I don't know how that happened, but you should, like, again, that should be a fireable offense. Yeah, so this was... That you're not ready for that game. So we'll go through Mike McCarthy year by year. Um, or like maybe maybe even like groups of years. But 2006, 2007, he went eight and eight, and then thirteen and three. Um, but then somehow in 2008, six and ten. But then he goes on a run of like five good years of relevancy, but only. I think 2008 was the first year of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the only. There... Yeah, the only. So once Rodgers gets good, we see him peak. 2009 through 12, he has like great regular seasons, no less than ten wins in any of those and four years. Because he's on such a team-friendly contract. They yeah. can like pay for free agents or other good players. Yeah. So let's say, let's say that. So he's so since Aaron Rodgers has been in the league, he's never had a losing record outside of that six and ten year. Last year's seven and nine was the only bad year, right? Let's yeah. let's say that the Packers turn it around here. They go like ten five and one, and they make it to the Super Bowl. Still, would you still want McCarthy gone? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I see it too. Like at this point, it feels uh, it you just, know what he is at this point. At this point, the last three years, even like when Rodgers was healthy, ten and six, ten and six. Like they just haven't. They they've made that's it. Not to, good enough. They've made it to the conference championship a couple times, and they got embarrassed by the Falcons last time they were there. I uh, yeah, winning a Super Bowl is hard, but. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you have to do it more than once. Just the players out around him aren't good enough. I think that's just frustrating. Um, I would like to see Mike McCarthy coach like another team, though. Just to show how bad he actually is. To see him coach the Buccaneers and the Browns. And how, like they still go 2-14. and 14. It's like, oh yeah, I guess this guy is pretty much dog shit. How many wins would Hugh Jackson have coached the Packers to this season? They would be 500. They would have the same record. They would have. They would be no worse than they would with Mike McCarthy. No. Okay. Yeah, I think Mike McCarthy has to go then. I don't see them losing any of the games they won or or winning any of the games they lost with Hugh Jackson as the coach. Yeah, that's not good. Okay, so we've got eight games or seven games left for some of these teams. Who's win the NFC North? Does it really matter? Because whoever wins, it's going to have to play the Saints or the Panthers in the first round. Um, yeah, you're right. Well, pro- yeah, probably the Saints or the Panthers. Although there's a scenario here that's just lurking around where like Atlanta goes like eleven and five, or like ten and six, and you play Atlanta, and then you still probably lose to them. But um, I, I feel like. I feel like anyone can beat anyone in the playoffs except for, like, there's only a few teams that can beat the Rams and a few teams that can beat, like, the Chiefs or Patriots. But it feels 
I mean, if you have Green Bay against Carolina and Green Bay's at home, I, I'm still going to say Green Bay would be favored in that game, even if they're only like 9-6-1. and one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The only thing that is for certain is it's going to be Rams-Patriots. Or, or Chiefs? I can't see any other Super Bowl scenario this season. Or Chiefs. No Chiefs? No. Not, now that they have to go to New England, no chance. The Chiefs are eight and one, and the Pats are still seven and two. There's still a chance KC could get the Rams, though. They're going to lose the Rams. Yeah, there's there's a chance. So if, how about this? How about if KC gets home field advantage? Who's winning that game? Kansas City. Yeah, I think if New England has to go on the road, their chance of winning completely flips. Like if they were, if they lose, if they, I want they like never lose at home in the playoffs. But let's say that they've won. They've lost the only time I can think they've lost at home is when they lost to the Patriots and like Jets. So it's like two times they lost to Sanchez that one year. Yeah, they lost to the Sanchez, just peak Sanchez. That might have to be a thirty for thirty by itself. But that like, should be a fireable offense. They should have fired Belichick after that season. I would have if I was the owner. How many how many wins how many wins do the Packers have with Belichick as their coach right now? I think they're seven and two. They yeah. probably like are they don't have as much talent as the Rams or Patriots. Yeah. They probably just lose those. Yeah. Yeah, they def they definitely are no worse than the Patriots are right now. Because the Patriots right now are not I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they're not that good yet. But they're gonna be really, really hard to beat, I feel like, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the Packers were like driving with like seven minutes to go in the fourth. And we're gonna win that they're going to take the lead until Aaron Jones fumbled. So who knows? Yeah. Um, tell me how many wins the Patriots finish with. They're seven and two right now. Here are their games the rest of the season. At Tennessee this week, and then they have a bye, and then they have at Jets, home for the Vikings, at the Dolphins, at the Steelers, home for the Bills, home for the Jets. Yeah, they're not losing another game. It doesn't. The only games that you could even say that you're afraid of are at Miami. And I, you really can't say you're afraid of the Steelers at this point. Like, the Steelers haven't beaten the Patriots in, like, I don't even know, like 15 years of Tom Brady. So I'm saying that the Patriots finish with no less than 13 wins. We're pulling up, we're pulling up KC's schedule now. KC the rest of the way. Here we go. Home for the Cardinals this week. They're winning that game no matter what. Um, and then they go at LA Rams, which is in Mexico, I think, technically. Um, then they get, then they, awesome. get, they get their bye. At Oakland, home for Baltimore, home for Chargers, at Seahawks, home for Raiders. That's two losses right there. Yeah. It, they really have to get through the... I mean, so, the Rams, Ravens, Seahawks, Chargers. That's that's four like somewhat tough teams. Yeah, the Ravens at home could they could either lose that game or they could just beat the Ravens by thirty after the Ravens completely implode. Oh, absolutely! You you never know what Joe Flacco you're gonna get. Yeah, but then we've got a turnaround week against the Chargers. We've got Thursday night. We never know what's gonna happen on Thursday night. That is a game that they could legitimately lose, and the following Sunday. At Seattle is also a difficult game. I think they're. I think thirteen wins is the number. So I think both are going to go thirteen and three. What's the tiebreaker then? Uh, the <laughs> it's that New England already beat KC. So oh, that's right. I forgot they played. Yeah, unfortunately. What would mean the tiebreaker if they didn't play? Uh, I feel like the answer is record in conference or record it's it's either in conference or in division i feel like in division would determine division yeah or conference would determine who is the best so then that would go to the no because the patriots lost to the to the lions so they would have the same conference record this is just confusing hopefully it happens yeah i mean hopefully they just change the tie-breaking rules here before. It should be like tennis or Texas high school football. You just flip a coin. I was thinking that unfair too. Unfair way. It wouldn't be the worst way. No, it's it's definitely the most entertaining. Yeah. Um. 
I mean, plus both teams still make the playoffs, so yeah, it's just advantage. And it would be great TV. It'd be like the NBA draft lottery. Like that's now a thirty minute or an hour event to just watch people pick ping pong balls. Like imagine this. They could have the yeah. build up around it for half an hour on ESPN, and ESPN would love this. And you have the owners' hot wives as the uh, the ones there. Definitely not wives. Maybe more escorts at this point. Well, I yeah, wives, girlfriends. Yeah, one of the two mistresses. Um, okay, let's go through the rest of the divisions. I'll tell you who I think we picked at the beginning and who is who is going to win now. So we both have New England. The rest of the AFC East is terrible. Um, I don't think anyone else is getting going about 500 this year, right? Nah, I, I thought maybe the Dolphins, but when you got Brock Osweiler starting, you have no chance of a playoffs. Yeah. Okay, then the next division we have is AFC North, and this one's been... We were confused to start on this one. We thought... We we've we've seen the Steelers go from one two and one to five two and one, and now they maybe we'll have to do some lines here today too. But they're now five two and one. The Bengals are five and three, and the Ravens are four and five, and have lost at least two times in the division. They lost three times in the division. Are the Ravens done? No, because the Ravens are one of those teams where like when you don't think they're going to make the playoffs, they end up squeaking in. Because, like, last year we had them locked in for that sixth, and then they lost the last week to, yeah. like, the worst team. Yeah, the Ravens here, here the Ravens are have five losses, and they need to go, what, probably? They probably just need to go nine and seven. Yeah, the um, is terrible. Tell me which one of these games they're winning to avoid their on the road. They have to win at either Atlanta Kansas City or the Chargers, which I guess the Chargers is their pro. That's that's the game that they could win, and that could come down to who gets the second one. No, like card. we said, you, you can never trust Joe Flacco. He's going to win one of those games. Yeah, do you think you Joe throw four touchdown passes to J- Jaron Brown in one of those games, or whoever's on their team, or Josh Brown, whoever Brown's on that team? So if they if they make it out of the bye week, they play at home against the Bengals. If they lose that game, is Joe Flacco benched? Uh, they would have benched him by now. Yeah. Nah, probably not. Feels like they don't even have any plays like ready for Lamar Jackson. Sands like three QB sneaks like per <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, do they just bring in Lamar Jackson and run like they're like me in NCAA 14. They run the read option like 65% of the plays, and then they do a play-action rollout. Like if Joe Flacco got hurt, I don't think they – like. I don't even think they would put Lamar Jackson at quarterbacks. Like, oh, we haven't had any snaps with you like under center yet. It's yeah. just only been like <laughs> draw plays. <laughs> they put they put Lamar Jackson in at wide receiver after Joe Flacco gets hurt. They're like, well, we'll run Wildcat a few times and like, <laughs> just, to mix, just to mix them up. Okay, yeah, so, I wouldn't be surprised with that. So how do we see the North shaking out? Like, I wasn't sure that the Steelers would be good, and then they weren't, and then all of a sudden they got good. Are the Steelers going to win this division again? I think so, but I also have this like weird feeling that Le'Veon Bell is going to return, and then they're going to lose like four straight games with him just to cause massive like panic. Yeah, it it does feel like Le'Veon Bell is going to single-handedly ruin this team if he comes back. But then again, here's the Bengals schedule, and it is it's daunting the rest of the way. They have New Orleans this week coming out of their bye. Then it's at Baltimore. Um, they have Cleveland and Denver in there. And Den- Denver, I think, is an unfortunate team to be 3-6. and six. I might be a little bit biased because I also picked them to win the, win the division this year. But then they have road games at the Chargers, at the Browns, and then at the Steelers to end the year. Um, I don't, I don't see them getting more than ten wins. I think the Steelers are winning this division. Yeah, I never trust Andy Dalton. Yeah, let's just get that. If we get a tattoo together, can that be our first one? Yeah, we'll we'll be like one is never bet, and then yours will just and one the other will be like on Andy Dalton. Yeah, we can like have them on. What would you put together? To like, would would one be on like one of my arms or something, or would we go like knuckles? Yeah, we definitely go knuckles. Or maybe even you just. I think what would be really cool would be if you got one like reversed on your forehead, so that way when you like you go to the bathroom, you're like, who should I bet on for these games today? 
like it's it's like twelve forty five. You got to get your picks in, and you look at your you look go to the bathroom, look in. You're like you see yourself in the mirror, and it just says never bet. And then you come out of the bathroom next to me, and then it's like on Andy Dalton. Or we just go full like Guy Pierce and Memento, and we just start writing all our tips on our body. Yeah, in like Sharpie that doesn't wash off. So even if we take a shower, it won't wash off. I'm all in on that. Yeah, people are like, "What's that tattoo of?" And you're like, "Nah, it's just my it's my gambling tip there." Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm doing my bets, and then like I roll up my sleeve, and then on my arm I see, "Oh, I've never bet on Andy Dalton." <laughs> it's mind blowing how often I forget that rule. Like, it, but it's just I don't know. There's no there's no bigger adrenaline rush than betting on Andy Dalton, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, the AFC South. Uh, who do we pick at the beginning of the year? I want to say I picked Tennessee. I picked the Jags. You picked the Jags. I regrettably picked the Jags. Because I didn't like any of the other teams, so. though. Houston 6-3. and three. Um, Six in a row. Are they good? Can we just ask that? Let's let's go through their wins this year. I, I just need to know if they're good or not. Absolutely not. They, I remember like week two, like DeAndre Hopkins was like <laughs> requesting a trade because <laughs> of how bad Deshaun Watson was. Here so their, I don't know how this team is six and three. Here are their wins. They won at the Colts in overtime because the Colts coach doesn't believe in uh, punting. They won at Dallas in overtime because the coach doesn't believe in winning. They beat Buffalo by a touchdown. These are three wins in a row against just some just some real terrible competition. They won at Jacksonville. The wheels have fallen off. Miami is terrible, and they won against the Broncos this last week because the Broncos don't have a kicker. I'd like to pick against them, but they go at Washington, who I think is terrible, home for Tennessee, home for Cleveland, and then home for the Colts. They should theoretically win every one of those games, but they could also lose all those games. Yeah, I... Because they're a bad team. They're not a they're not a good team, but it feels like the odds that they get three wins the rest of the way. They have the Jets, the Browns, the Jaguars again, and the Titans. I th- I think that they're probably going they're probably going to win. Win the division. A lot of people are so picking. They're just going to play the Chargers, and then the Chargers are going to win by a million in the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I think so. Right. Well, the Chargers are going to get the first wild card because they're not going to beat the Chiefs for the division. No, the Chiefs, well, well, I, I think it's going to come down to like a Chiefs-Chargers game if the Chiefs lose to um, if the Chiefs lose to the Rams. It's coming down to the Chiefs versus Chargers. But I think the Chargers schedule is pretty difficult the rest of the way. They go, they go well, at Oakland, but whatever. But then they have the Broncos. Um at the at the Steelers versus Bengals at Chiefs versus Ravens at Broncos, so yeah, they're they're probably not getting more than ten or eleven wins, and they're probably not going to catch Kansas City. But they at least know they'll get an easy first round matchup. Yeah, consolation. How and then they'll have to play the Patriots. So <laughs> yeah, let's play let's play our quick game of guess. Like, what's the line going to be like? Chart. So so our playoffs right now, we're going to go. New England's Chargers, the Texans. New England's the one seed. KC is the two. Yep. Pittsburgh's the three. Realistically, Houston could be the three. They <laughs> they are <laughs> well. Actually, the Steelers are five, two, and one. They got a huge game tonight against the against the Panthers. If they win that, then I guess they're technically ahead of Houston. But let's just assume that the AFC South team is terrible and goes eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah, the, the the Texans aren't going above like nine and seven or ten and six, and I I don't see the Steelers finishing with less than ten and five right now. Right here's the Steelers schedule: Carolina at home tonight, at Jacksonville, at Denver, versus the Chargers, at Raiders, versus Patriots, at Saints, versus Bengals. Oof, that's tough. Minus the Raiders. Yeah, that's a that's a tough schedule. But for whatever reason, like they've beaten they they've, they they. They've actually beaten some pretty good teams in a row here, like um, one at Atlanta, one at Cincinnati already, one at Baltimore, um, and then played KC pretty close in the first week. So realistically, I, I think that they're we're locking them for ten. So we're going Steelers as the three, Houston as the four, 
Chargers is the five. And the six really comes down to if Cincinnati can get nine wins or if, like, Tennessee or Indy can pull it out. Or Jacksonville, I guess. I feel like the Jags and the Ravens might have a late surge, too. I'm I'm about to I think the I think if the Ravens lose to Cincinnati they're done, and their schedule is hard. I'll never count them out. Yeah. Like I said, it doesn't even matter though because it's going to be Patriots Chiefs. Yeah, it does seem like it should be Pat's Chiefs again, and then the NFC really feels like if we're deprived of Rams Saints, that would be disappointing. Do we do we want to go through the NFC? What I have right now is, just regardless, I'm going to have the Rams winning, the Saints winning, the Eagles winning. I'm going to go Vikings and Packers get the North, and then the Panthers get the second wild card, or get the first wild card. Yeah. And I think that the Falcons won't make it, but they're like the only other team that I have concerns about. Like, I, I just don't well, trust Matt Ryan is on fuego, but they have no defense. Yeah. They're kind of like the Packers right now until, like, they play some form of defense. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I just don't trust Trubisky to like actually get him to ten wins. Yeah, Trubisky is somehow lighting it up in fantasy, but he is just an objectively horrible quarterback right now. I think he's got the Blake Bortles syndrome. Now you remember like those two years Blake Bortles was going off in fantasy, but yeah. he was still like a terrible quarterback. Yeah, he's Blake Bortles two point Yeah, like like no doubt about it. If they have a, they do not have a hard schedule though. The rest of the way either, the Bears. They, they took la- right because they took last in the division last season. So now they're playing all the crap teams. They play the Giants and the Forty ers still. And that division plays the AFC East, so they get to play the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins. Yeah, they've they've actually already played Dol- They they played all four of them right in a row. They lost to Dolphins, lost to the Pats, but beat the Jets and beat the Bills. So they really just need to stack up the Giants and the 49ers and then win like they have to beat the Packers or Vikings or Lions once. And they can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see I just don't see them getting to 10 wins here cuz that would mean that they'd have to finish above 500. If they win at home against the Lions, then they really just have to beat Minnesota or Green Bay once. I don't see that happening. Yeah, it, it seems hard to believe. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my current take. I'm not changing it too much from where I think we started this year. But um, yeah, do you have any other thoughts on the NFL? Any thoughts on this game on this weekend's games? No, I actually don't have too much. Usually, I so what have I been doing with the NFL betting? Is I've been doing three team teasers and I've been doing like all the favorites and that's been uh working for me I won weeks two through eight wow and then last or or weeks two through seven and then last week was my first week I lost yeah two through eight and then I lost last week um I I went full stupid and I took uh the Cowboys as part of my teaser that I was like oh the Cowboys just don't lose at home and like then it would be nine I mm. thought it was something like something stupid, crazy like that. That was like, I'll, if they're gonna lose, they're gonna lose by single digits. Yeah. Okay. So tell me. So tell me who your three team teas is this week then. Um, I like. I I wanted to take the Saints because it would be a pick 'em at Cincinnati, but the Saints have been so hot. I'm staying away. So I, I obviously will go with the Chiefs as one. It's sixteen and a half now, so we'll go to ten and a half. And then Patriots down to a pick 'em at Tennessee. Who were the Chiefs playing? Uh, the Cardinals. Oh wow, yeah, that seems pretty safe. And then, so that's the safest one. The Patriots, I just don't think they're going to lose, and it's a pick 'em. Yeah, it really doesn't feel like the Patriots are ever going to lose. And then this is my third one again. I I, I wasn't feeling the Saints. I wasn't one hundred percent comfortable. I can't trust the Falcons, even though it would be a pick against the Browns. And I can't really trust Green Bay. Mm-mm. And I can't trust uh, the Rams right now against the Seahawks. Well, maybe, I guess. So the three I was looking at, what do you think as a third one? It would be Eagles, 
minus one at home against the Cowboys, Chargers minus three at the Raiders, or Jets minus one at home against the Bills. The Jets one feels like a pretty big stay away because they don't have a quarterback. The chart betting against the Raiders right now feels it's hot. Yes, that feels really safe. Um, I think that's the play. It, yeah, and the Chargers are rolling. Philadelphia okay. Philadelphia is starting to look good. They just don't have any running backs, so I, I would definitely roll with the Chargers there. So there we go: Chargers, Chiefs, um, Patriots. Yeah, and I and also the Rams. I, well, I guess there should be three and a half. I would. I don't know how. That, safe. I don't like the three and a half. If I can get it down to two and a half or three, I would take it. Yeah, I don't know how safe that one feels. Seahawks played them well the first game, but beating them in LA is going to be pretty difficult. Yeah, just the three and a half is. That's scary. Yeah, no, I feel bad for that one too. All right. Next week, though, I'm I'm all in on next week. We have Raiders Cardinals, so that'll be a fun game to choose to bet on. Might have to go see that one live. That'll be good. Yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly. Um, Okay, so maybe the last sport to touch on would be college football, and then I probably will have to run to go get some go get some dinner pre-Steelers game. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've just been completely wrong on everything college football this season, so. (laughs) Is it worth watching or worth caring about the playoffs at this point? Like, I think the only value that I really derive from the rest of this college football season is just because I like the game and the teams, but I, I just don't have any interest in, like, who's going to make the playoffs because I think this Alabama team has to be the best team I've ever seen, right? Yeah, like college football is still fun to watch. Yeah. You're right in the sense that none of these games in a vacuum matter because Alabama is going to win it all. Like if you line this team up against like – it's funny that it's funny that we look back on like – or at least I do and look back and probably say like the best team that we've ever seen is like the 2004 USC team. I think it's 2004, right? Yeah. Before the, or maybe either 2005 or, um, I mean, like, it's interesting though because. Any USC team from 03 to like 07. Yeah, it's interesting that the best teams have always lost, like, their championship game. Like, Miami was one of the best teams of all time and then lost to, like, Ohio State on, like, just a bunch of fluky plays. And the same with USC blew their game against Texas. Anyway, USC had already won a national championship before that, though. I don't even think that they could stay on the field with the number of pros that Alabama is going to have on this team. And like the difference here is just how good like Tua already is as a quarterback compared to like Ken Dorsey or like Matt Leiner. Like that's the thing is like Alabama was running train on teams and they didn't have a quarterback. They always had like like they always had like Greg McElroy's and John David somethings Ooh. and yeah, maybe that was USC. But you get my point. Like. They always had just like mediocre quarterbacks, but were still they were game managers, so they never turned the ball over. And it's like, oh, we'll just run it down your throats, and you won't score more than seven points, so it didn't matter. But now that they have like an actual quarterback, they're preventing teams from scoring, and then they're also scoring. Yeah, and it will. And it also helps to have the best coach in college football as well. So like, it's pretty hard to beat them unless your coach is going to like have a better game plan and strategy, and typically that's not going to happen. And that's one of the reasons that I t- like. When Clemson plays Alabama, I tend to think that Dabo Sweeney's just not as good of a coach as Nick Saban, which is really not any offense to him. I just don't don't think he's as good, and so they may be a little bit less talented. Um, they're they true the, the true freshman quarterback is probably just one step below like Tua in terms of eliteness, but um, I I don't really see a team that can stop them or stop their offense. Uh, the only team that I could like, I, I could, I'd be interested to see Oklahoma or uh, Clemson play them just from the scoring standpoint, but I don't think either has the tools defensively to stop them. And I'd be a little bit concerned about them scoring enough points to keep up. Yeah. I would still like to see a national championship game. Like you said, I think the only two teams that are even capable of beating them are what you said, Clemson or Oklahoma, just because they, could have this offensive game plan where they just let it, they air it all out, and then we get like a fifty-six, fifty-two final. Yeah, and that's the I, like I don't like. First, I think Notre Dame is just trash, and they're lucky to have seven wins. Um, Michigan has a really good defense, but their offense 
is not going to run the ball effectively against Alabama, and they just won't be able, to, and their defense won't be able to contain Alabama. I, I think, I think Michigan is essentially just a shittier version of uh, the LSU team that lost at home by thirty to Bama. Um, so I, I don't really see them as posing a significant threat either. But I, but like Oklahoma and Clemson will both have enough like athletic, like just capable players to keep up, but. I would say that like the line for both of those games should be set at at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I, whoever Alabama plays in the first in the semis, rather it be Michigan or if it is Michigan or Notre Dame, it's going to be two touchdowns, and it, that's going to be easy bet yeah. to take Alabama in that game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I just don't. That's going to be a thirty-eight to seven game. Yeah, it's just when and you won't sweat. We we play this game every year, but it's like. Is is yeah? Do we see Notre Dame scoring more than fourteen points against Alabama? And it's like no. And do we see like Notre Dame's defense holding Alabama below what thirty, thirty five? It's yeah. Alabama is going to blow away whatever the spread is this year. Do you like any of the games this weekend though? Betting wise, um, I haven't really looked at the lines yet, so I don't have any picks for you. Um. We should. The one game I like is yeah. um, an early game. It's Ohio State, Michigan State. I think Ohio State's gonna. I don't think they're that good. I don't they really think haven't been. Either. They haven't like been able to stop anybody defensively. But Michigan State has no offense. Yeah. So if I just feel like Ohio State's gonna run it up on them because they know that Michigan State won't be able to put up points against them. What's the What's the line at for that game? Three and a half. Even though it's at. Uh, East Lansing. Yeah, I. Hmm. That's. I'm int- rolling with Ohio State to win heavy there. I, I'm not rolling with Ohio State to win heavy against anyone, but yeah, I could see, I could see something where it's like, twenty-eight to six or, or like twenty-four to six, where Michigan State just doesn't get it going offensively, and Ohio State puts together a few drives. But yeah, I think both of those teams aren't that good. Um, the winner or the loser of this game is done, right? Like, like they're they're out of the race in the East. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, like Michigan, Michigan's not losing until they play Ohio State at this point. Yeah, um, are you saying Michigan can't beat Rutgers on the road, or can't lose the Rutgers? I mean, we saw what Rutgers was capable last week when we watched Wisconsin struggle through four quarters against Penn State. Um, so anything is possible. Uh, is this the worst Wisconsin team? Uh, in the last ten years, or are they better than the team that went uh, eight and six and lost in the Rose Bowl? No, I think this team's worse just because their defense is probably like the worst it's been in twenty years. Yeah, and then they have a quarterback that can't throw the ball. So just be- with those two, it's definitely the worst team. At least like they always had like one. They always had a really good offense or really good defense, and this year it's like neither minus like. Good receivers and a good old line and good running back. Yeah, maybe their old line's not even that good either. I think I think the secret is their O line is actually not very good. But um, they're all somehow projected to be like first and second round picks. Yeah, it's we'll have to have an extended podcast on Wisconsin and the state of the program currently. But yeah. I've been on the fire Greg Gard and Paul Chris trains ever since they got hired. Yeah, they. I hate, I hate in hire hires. <laughs> <laughs> It just feels like they're like settling. Um, it does. It does feel like we're just settling for whatever for we have. Mediocrity, kinda. Yeah. Like we're okay. We're content with eight and four. We're content with twenty win. Like we didn't make the NCAA tournament for the first time in like thirty years, and like nobody like skipped to be. Nobody like was worried about that. Yeah. I don't know. More people's jobs should have been on the line. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is another reason why I'd be a terrible owner because I have a short leash. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't think that's a fl- I don't think that's a major flaw to want to win every season. I, mean, I know it's unrealistic, but I don't feel like that's like a negative flaw to want to be the best every year. I would have fired Mike Tomlin six times already, and like it doesn't like right. It hasn't been a negative either. Like, like you can't be wrong with that one. Like, what, what's Mike Tomlin or Mike McCarthy done? Like, most of the times you're going to be right because. It's just hard to win championships, but but I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, like obviously, if, like we let's say we fire one of the mics, and like we have to replace them. 
And if we replace them with somebody just like, let's say Hugh Jackson had never coached the NFL and right. we replaced them. Obviously, it's a terrible decision, but you you still have to make you still have to try and make that move. Otherwise, you you know you're going to be what you're going to be. And yeah, exactly. And it's like maybe you risk it and you're worse. But is being worse is being worse worse than not taking the risk? Right. Like if you take the risk to fire Mike Tomlin and you hire Lincoln Riley or whoever the hot coach is, or you you hire Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or something like that. There's a chance that that coach doesn't pan out. Um, and there's a chance that that coach is like exactly the same as the level that you are now. And then, then there's also like that outcome where Sean McVay is the best coach in call or in football and you're going to win championships forever. So um, you, you never know what the outcome will be, but yeah, sitting around and doing nothing and then going nine and seven every year is kind of silly too. And that's how I feel about like, that's how I feel about Paul Christ and Greg guard. Like, Great guard to a much more extent than Paul Christ because at least Paul Christ has been in big games and had a chance to win them. But the the overall direction of recruiting is and just not getting enough talent. Like they haven't had a talented quarterback since Russell Wilson, and then even before that, they just never had a good one. Like how many years in a row do you have to go to have horrible quarterback after horrible quarterback before you like get one so that you can actually win? And there are so many good quarterbacks. Like I don't know why it's so hard to. They're all yeah, and they all go to these schools like, why can't we get Justin Herbert ever, or why can't we get Drew Locke? Or I mean, Nate Stanley, like I know he's not a good quarterback, but he was literally a three star out of Wisconsin. Yeah, he was literally in our state, and he's he would. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback, but he's he would be our best quarterback since like John Stocko. Yeah, he's definitely not worse than Alex Hornibrook. Yeah, um, my biggest um, take though for coaches is I was kind of against. The Boonholzer fire for the Bucks. Oh wow! But hear me out. So I know like his system, and it's perfect for Giannis, where it's like you have one guy, one or two guys that that drive the land, and you have shooters surrounding him. Yeah. But my beef with him wasn't system; it's the fact that he like is well known for being a choke artist in the playoffs. Mm. Mm. So I'm like, I know like everything right now is all like. Um, fine and peachy but i know like once the second round comes and we play the celtics and we lose in four or five games so that's another like reason where it's like i know we're gonna make the playoffs but then when we get there we're we're gonna lose so that's an i would also not hire that coach remind me to like play this tape back to you in like three years when the bucks have won like two straight conference conference championships or something like that i don't think i can guarantee you they won't they're still like one there's still like one major player away. Yeah, I think I really feel like Toronto is going to win the conference this year. Yeah, just because Ka- Kawhi is Kawhi is so much better than everyone else in the conference. Yeah, I, I went to that Raptors Bucks game with no Giannis. Oh and, wow! Uh, and Kawhi, and I was so happy. I was looking so much forward to going to that game, and then I see that, and then I this is why this is my first time at the new arena too. So I was like, oh, I was so excited, and then I see that Urson is starting, and I, I felt like. It was like some punishment for something I did. Yeah. <laughs> I missed out on Giannis, Kawhi, and a new arena. Instead, I got to watch Ursan just like chuck up threes. How's the new arena? He actually had a good game, but it felt like punishment. How is the new arena? It's nice. It's very intimate. Is it? So it it's feels like, like an actual like basketball arena. Yeah. So so you like get to know everyone. It's like a close personal date. With yeah. the Bucks. It's only like 16,000 seats. Interesting. It's a small arena, but it's very nice. Sweet. Maybe I'll have to stop by and check out a game while I still am in the state of Wisconsin. For sure. Oh, last game, though, before I forget. Um, Iowa somehow is an 11-point favorite against Northwestern at home. And Northwestern's been kind of on a roll and needs to win this game to win the Big Ten West. Yeah, I was, I was wondering about that, like... I think I I think I was going to win this game because I just is there like some I think I was good. Does Iowa like have history on Northwestern? Why is this line so big? No, I don't know. It's definitely a game that that that, that, that one's a take for sure. Um, I'm going to take Northwestern. I agree that Iowa could win this game, but I don't feel like they're going to win by two touchdowns or more. When has Iowa ever like blown out a team? Only when they play Ohio State at home. 
this True. this same Especially weekend. Especially because JT Barrett hands the ball to the other team on the one yard line. Um, who do you have uh, Pitt at home against Virginia Tech this weekend? Um, if Pitt, I if Pitt wins this, I can morally bet on that game. I think if Pitt wins their next two games, they lock up the their division. Let me see. They're yeah. gonna Virginia Tech's bad. They're gonna win that game. Oh God! If they beat Virginia Tech, they win the division. I think. No, no, no. They'd still need one more. Lock. Pitt is four and one. Virginia is four and two after they just beat down Virginia in a. Yeah, if they beat Virginia Tech. And then they beat Wake Forest, who's one and four in conference. They they lock up the conference. They can do it, and they'll go. And then they can go lose by thirty to uh, Clemson. That game against Clemson, yeah, that'd be like a twenty something point spread. Although Pitt did almost win at Notre Dame this year, so just whatever that means. Um, let me see. Uh, I don't know. Duke's also an eleven-point favorite at home against UNC. I know UNC's bad, one and seven, but for a rivalry game, it seems like a lot of points. Yeah. Also, just UNC's only win this year is over Pitt, so what, whatever that means too. Um, who? You, how many points is Penn State getting at home against Wisconsin, and how many points would you need to bet on Wisconsin? Nine, and I think I might take Wisconsin because I. This is more of an anti-Penn State bet than it is a Wisconsin bet. Because I don't think Penn State's a good team. Yeah, Penn, Penn State has a terrible coach and it has done nothing to replace like any of the people that have left in the last three years. So um, I still think Penn State's winning this game because I don't trust us to do anything at, at all at this point. I can't. I don't think I could bet on us unless the line was 14 and a half. After, after game, the Northwestern though, that, game. If you want easy money... It's Florida, South Carolina. Every time I like South Carolina, they get spanked. I think Florida kind of like got too hot, and now they're kind of fizzling, and they're favored by a whole touchdown against South Carolina. Florida might completely fizzle out in the next uh, week or so. That's why I like South Carolina, but every time I bet on South Carolina, they, they lose. Can somebody explain, is Kentucky really ranked 11th still? Am I looking? Am I looking at the right rankings here? Kentucky is eleven. Didn't move down at all. I think they were nine last week, and losing at home by three touchdowns moved them down two spots. Yeah, you're right. There, I think there is a real lack of good teams from about number, uh, about number eight to about like number, like eighteen. There's just, I was just say wherever, wherever. Washington State start is that eight? Yeah, Washington State is at eight, and they're just after that. Then yeah, every team is terrible. It feels like in a yeah, because we've got below them, we've got like like BC is number seventeen. What? How is West Virginia behind Nine. Washington State? I don't know. I don't. I I don't think either are good. I think I think West Virginia is better though. How is? Feel- wait wait wait. Is Syracuse number 13? Yes, it's unreal. And NC State is 14? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this season's bonkers. Wait, UCF is 12. How is UCF 12? Who in their right UCF mind? UCF is landlocked at 12. They, they were 12 week one, and they just have never moved up or down. Who in their right mind would put Kentucky ahead of UCF? They're just afraid to move up UCF, because then once they start moving them up, they're yeah. going to keep moving up more once teams lose in front of them i think the only team that i feel like is ranked properly is lsu at number seven i just lsu is just a really solid team that cannot yeah clemson at two oh why is oklahoma so low at six probably because i guess georgia at five i guess georgia at five is fair the texas loss was pretty brutal but they lose to texas at almost they always choke yeah, and they were down a lot, and they came back, and I don't know. Texas is good this year, too. Texas just finds ways to lose with, games. With an asterisk. Yeah. Um, Iowa State at 22 is sneaky. They're a pretty solid team, and they're they're, they're going to be like 9-3 and three this year, like 8-4. and four. Same with Fresno. I love Fresno. Yeah, how about that? They win me a lot of money come bowl season, whoever they play. Jeff Tedford turning it around. Syracuse minus 20 and a half might be a play because Louisville is just an auto fade. I mean, Louisville did give up 77 points last week. So, 
Syracuse has that good quarterback too. Another team that lost to Pitt that might actually be good. Apparently, like who? How is this a thing? Like Syracuse. Also, just for just for my Pitt watching, like UCF beat Pitt fifty-one to six this year. UCF's good. I don't. I don't know what else to say. They score a lot of points. Yeah, I feel like they probably got all the same players back. <laughs> the team that. Yeah, the only person they don't have back is the coach. Also, next week's schedule looks absolutely horrendous. Um, we should wrap up soon, but yeah, just going through it, there are like I think there are zero ranked games next week. Yeah, you're right. Ugh. Like Clemson at home versus Duke. I think Alabama might be off. Wisconsin terrible. Oklahoma. And this is like this is like the rivalry week, but all the good teams are terrible this year. Yeah, Alabama's a bye. They play the Citadel. <laughs> no, uh, it's the week before rivalry week because they play Auburn. Then it's like the it's like the Pac-12's rivalry rivalry week because they have Stanford versus Cal, um, and then Miami's playing at Virginia Tech. So that's like at least a fake rivalry. Um. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We've got Syracuse at Notre Dame. That that seems that seems like an artificial good game. I know, like Texas and Oklahoma always play on that one weekend. Yeah, that's, that's been tradition. But it's just funny to see Texas play Kansas on rivalry week. Couldn't they have just? Could they just hooked them up with like A and M or like Texas Tech or something? That should be the, like yeah, like one of their non conference games this last week. Yeah, they have to get the scheduling right. Like Nebraska was, and Colorado have to play. Kansas every State year. have an off week and. Rivalry week, and then they—that's yeah. weird. Why does? Oh, they're, they're playing. They're playing Iowa State. Oof, that's just weird. Yeah, I'm put, Oklahoma State plays TCU. None of this makes sense. I'm putting Washington State on upset alert this week at Colorado. They're gonna lose one of these games, so we'll just put them on upset alert until they lose. In the I next like that. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. That's that's all I have on college football. I think. Wisconsin sucks. Alabama is dominant, and um, yeah, we want Oklahoma to make the playoff. So that's that. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Yeah, that covers it. Um, yeah, do you want to wrap for this week? I think I got to roll out of here pretty soon. Um, no. Um, if you voted, good for you. If you didn't vote, also good for you. Yeah, way to make a choice. Like I know everyone's telling you to vote out there, but. At the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. And if it wasn't vote, hopefully you at least sold your vote and made a lot of money off of it. The true American way. Yeah. All right. Well, with that in mind, um, we'll we'll wrap for this week. Uh, Go Steelers tonight on Thursday Night Football. And we'll see everyone next week. Deuces.